I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing pretty good. Finally. Yourself? I'm doing pretty well. We finally got some days without rain. Rain is good. We need rain. Love rain. But, uh... Just not all at one time? Just not all at one time. Makes you a bit soggy. All 10, 12 inches of rain all at one time. Yes, we got quite a bit. We basically have our near annual average in the course of a few weeks. Nice. Yep, but our... Yeah. But our storm systems need to be fed, and something I was reading up on was that California actually, in certain areas, does have new-ish or rain capture systems. I know we've been talking about that on this show, needing to capture more rain, but it turns out that the rain that we are allowed to capture is hindered by... A certain tiny fish that we deem more important than any human life here in California. So that would be the Delta smelt. Yes, it would. And the Delta smelt is not endemic to Stockton and the Bay Area. Indigenous. Did I say? Yeah, indigenous. Well, that's one of them words I can't say again. Try again. Indigenous. Indigenous. (laughs) Indigenous. Indigenous. Yeah. They don't belong there. <laughs> Man, there's a handful of words that just grab a hold of my tongue and I can't spit them out. And I know what indigenous people are. So the the smell is not indigenous to California, yet we have slowed down our ability to capture water um, because of the fish. We want to make sure that the fish is well protected and well taken care of but for instance, county officials um, say that the in this is out of Los Angeles County. So county officials say that the government has invested four hundred million dollars from the statewide effort to increase local water supplies by rainwater capture in more than a hundred regional projects, most of them new or um, just within the past two years. So officials expect the projects in Southern California to be completed within eight years. So it's not done, but to be completed within eight years. And that will give enough water for 500,000 more people in Los Angeles. That's an interesting number, $400 million. How much did we spend on homeless in Southern California I this think year? It starts, well, this year alone, I, I don't remember well, not the exact number, but, but the it over... Not too many years. It's in the bees, in the billions. Yes, and 500,000 people is barely half of Fresno County and yes. city combined. No, Fresno County, yeah, is about half, rough, roughly about half. So it's roughly not enough. You know, there's so much stuff going on. It's always hard to pick and choose what you want to talk about on a podcast. It's also hard to try not to be like every other podcast nor be like newscasters since we are an opinion piece yes we are an opinion piece this uh, um, an opinion duo an opinion podcast but also trying to bring you information that is 
current and relevant and maybe something that you may or may not have heard about. So we do want to be different. Have you heard about all the documents that keep mysteriously appearing? So many documents. At said individual's house? Yes. So I have heard a a new, 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 new recent discovery because it seems like we're hearing about it, at least as far as I'm hearing about it, researching and looking into the news. But each day we get a little bit more and a little bit more. So it started off with a an office location for Biden's think tank, and it eventually made its way to Biden's personal residence, which was also Hunter Biden's listed personal re- uh, residence. By the way, there's pictures out there of him in the very vehicle that was stored in the locked garage. But that's neither here nor there. It wasn't very locked if he's outside with the car. But the the new-ish or newisher information is that some of those documents are actually from his time in the Senate. And some of those documents are very relevant to what Hunter Biden needed in order to make deals in the Ukraine, make deals with China, or Chinese individuals. He's not making a deal with all of China. He's making a deal with basically the oligarchs in China, the oligarchs in Russia, the oligarchs in Ukraine, you name it, oligarch gets thrown out there, but just different people along the way. Very relevant, classified information. Right, and there's a chain... If you watch one of the local or national news outlets, there's a chain of not custody or chain of events as to how those some of those documents traveled. And they went from Biden or his handlers to before they went to the college, potentially they went to a Chinese. I almost said a Chinese laundromat the other day, but it wasn't that. It was a another Chinese outlet before they made their way back to the college and then made their way to his residence and then made their way to his Corvette. And I believe I said it last week. If I didn't, I'm going to say it now. If they've known about these for months or potentially years, then I strongly believe that they went through and shredded the documents that were the most damaging left a handful available for his lawyers and for DOJ and for the FBI to find so they could then say, whoop, sorry, it was an accident, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, now, oh, sorry. However, if you go to a storage unit he has at, I believe it's the college or some location, he has in his possession, but not in his possession in storage, over 13,000 boxes of documents from the very first day of him being a senator until the day he left as a senator. It's all documentation on when he was a senator. So he's being labeled as a serial classified document holder. So we need to open those boxes up and like the the jack-in-the-box, see what pops out and see, like you said, what kind of relevant documentation he has been holding to help benefit the big guy and his organization and his family. So one of the things that I tried to interject there, I didn't realize you were, you still wanted to speak weird. (laughs) Sorry. Didn't want to lose my train of thought. 
No, I'm sorry about that. Was the um, some of the big media corporations and news media is actually now saying that everybody does it. They all take classified information. So now we've gone from it's a crime to take classified information should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, you know, with Trump. And then now it's everybody does it, so it's no big deal. Well, it's okay when you're not a friend of the deep state. However, when you're a friend of the deep state, like most Dems are, it's okay. Right, and so you get Trump is not a friend of the deep state, so it's not okay. No, so he's not getting a pass. And and now Biden should get a pass because he's a friend of the deep state. Well, if I was his former boss, which would be President Obama... If Mr. Obama doesn't have any classified stuff in his storage unit waiting for his library, then I would be ticked at my VP for making him look bad because that stuff was all taken home or taken wherever by whomever on his watch. Yeah, and one thing I I was thinking back to my time with the government and when I had been in a skiff and I w- had access to classified information. One of the things that I was taught that you're taught when you do this is if you take notes on a classified briefing, you need to mark your header and your footer. You need, there, there's a bunch to do to make sure that it, you, the note that you take off the classified information that note is now classified because you've just written down the classified information and you need to make sure that it's marked appropriately. Now, one of the things they said that they were doing with Biden, I'm not sure if they did it with Trump as well, is that, that they were going through each note, or at least arguably they should, to see if anything had classified markings on it. And so his lawyers that did not have a security clearance were going through documents and then they were supposed to out themselves, not themselves, they're supposed to out Biden. Okay, he had six documents, come take this, come take this file folder, come take and look through the rest of this box, whatever it is. But if they don't have a clearance and they weren't in any meetings with him, if Biden took any notes on classified subjects and did not mark it as classified, whatever it would be, if it was, you know, secret, top secret, confidential, um, and did not mark it while he was taking notes, those lawyers wouldn't actually know that they are seeing a document that was based on classified information. So that's just something that I thought about within the last week, was that if he is, took any notes, because they said some of his notes were handwritten, just like Trump, Trump did it too, and I'm sure... You know, Obama did it. People took notes. It happens. But if they didn't clearly mark it, we just had a spillage again. But we don't actually know it unless somebody knows to review those documents and what they're generated off of. So I just had a thought, too. Well, you had your thought. He's a lifelong, he being Biden. Joe Biden. Is a lifelong plagiarizer liar and non-truth teller so why now 40 years into his public service should we believe any different 
Right. You've already shown us who you are. So why should we believe who you're not based on you saying that you're not that guy? Right. And looking at the the USC code and the CFR's code of federal regulations, it doesn't matter whether it's one document or 40,000 because the one document could be basically nothing at all. Could be a, a simple oversight. However, it's still, if it's a classified document, it's illegal. He broke the law, or his handler broke the law. So there obviously needs to be some investigation into what they do before they walk out of their office complex with that documentation. Maybe the U.S. government should get notepads for them and number them, legal notepads, numbered one to a million. And then they're not allowed to take that notepad home. It belongs to the government. And if it's in a classified briefing, it, it has to. it's supposed to go in a, it's supposed to have a cover sheet. So if you take a classified note, whatever the briefing level is, it stays with it. Yes, and how about it goes to the National Archive? Off be, the get-go. To be held until their library is constructed. Then a representative from the library that has a clearance and the representative from where they're being held marries their heads together and they come up with a process to transfer the paperwork to the library. So technically, something I did look into, technically, even though it's, you think that it's being given to the library, the National Archives is still responsible for it. It doesn't actually exchange hands, so to speak. It's, it's kind of like it's on loan. And even though it's a presidential library and they're, they're displaying all this stuff, it technically is still the federal government. Yeah, it's, it's still, still the National their Archives. Yes. They're still responsible for it. So even when their library is ready... The National Archives still needs to know about it, still needs to make sure it's secure, and still needs to make sure things are handled properly. So why is it that they're taking it for their libraries or their futures? And this goes to Trump, too. He took stuff, and he said that he had the authority to do it, and he wanted to keep it, whatever. So it it applies to both. If you say it applies to Trump and it belongs to the National Archives... Same, same. This is not Biden's personal property. Right. And see, I will say there is a difference between the two. One, Trump's is locked in a basement with security cameras, with Secret Service protection around the documents. Biden's is in a building that has had Chinese access. That's a communist government. He's had it in a garage that anybody can go into in his Corvette, and he had some documents in his house and then at some other place that might have been a laundromat or a, uh, you know, we I, we don't know what. Okay, so your your statement in part is that they were treated differently. Yes. As far as security levels yes. concerned. Yes. Right, because after Biden was no longer VP, I believe he had about six months of protection detail, and then it goes away. Right, and if he has thousands of boxes of documents, that, that's what miffs me. Out of those thousands of documents, 
handwritten letters, whatever he has, uh, post-it notes in these boxes, who has access to those, who has had access to those, and what relevance does all those have to do with potentially China and Russia and Ukraine and others that have been sitting in there that potentially other people, Hunter Biden, had, had, access, had to. access to. So we don't know. And I don't know if these leaders in that position, like Pelosi and the new Speaker of the House and former presidents and vice presidents, if they have to sign a non-disclosure when they leave. Because I do not believe if they have the ability to produce hundreds of thousands, if not a million documents, that they're going to not spill the beans to somebody about something once they're outside of their office. Either on purpose or accidentally. That's what I mean. It could yeah. be just pure accidental, especially this guy who can't remember from one minute to the next whether he's president or a plumber. He, he's a truck driver. Or a truck driver. <laughs> or he, or he did is, something well, for someone. He was a professor, so he talks about his time as being a professor, even though he was basically paid on staff as a professor but never taught a class so he's like oh i'm a professor now Yay. yeah there was a disney movie about that do you remember the name of it the absent-minded professor oh yeah yeah see i thought you were gonna go with the wizard of oz how no absent how do you professor. talk if you don't have a brain <laughs> <laughs> sorry i think uh, yours is better absent-minded professor funny. right so just to recap hunter biden was um, seen around the documents. He's seen in pictures in the Corvette. Now, I understand that some people will say that we never would have actually known or, or potentially we would not have known that information had Hunter Biden not picked up his laptop. So that laptop has actually released troves of information to help further solidify that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are liars and they cannot be trusted. But another thing that has come out is that um, all of the time that Joe Biden has spent at his Delaware home. So on one hand, the White House has called that his personal home, his kind of vacation spot to recoup. But it, what they say about all the presidents is it's a working weekend, a working day, a working vacation, et cetera. You're never not president. So therefore, you are always working and it is a working spot because he spent, um, what was it? What did we say about a quarter to a third of his presidency actually at his home, his vacation home, his actual home, whatever you want to call it. But now that classified documents have shown up there and people said, okay, well, since it's a working time frame, can you list who was present at the home? Something we talked about last week was the Secret Service saying there are no visitor logs. But it turns out the White House was saying there are no visitor logs because they didn't want to give up who Biden was meeting with. And the Secret Service has actually come out and said, oh, we could tell you. If we are called in front of Congress, if we are called and we have to, we can tell you for the reasons we talked about last week, which was if they really aren't vetting people, how do we know who's next to the president, which would be very bad for the American public. So Secret Service has come out and said, no, we're doing our job. We are vetting everyone who comes up next to him. So we will, we, 
by virtue of vetting everyone, have a list, but it's not a visitor's list. It's just a list of people who have been cleared to go next to the president. See, I wouldn't even ask that question. It's a simple question because it was just released today or yesterday or within the last three days that more has come out from Hunter Biden's laptop that they, in fact, had meetings, business meetings at that house. And there was specificity talking about certain countries. So what I want to know is not how many people have been at the house. I want to know how many times has Hunter Biden been in the garage and around that Corvette. Anytime they opened up the the garage door to take the Corvette out, it wasn't a locked garage. And we know of at least one time with photos that has been released of Hunter Biden driving around it appears to maybe be a niece and possibly a niece's friend in the car, you know, being playing the role of good uncle. Hey, let's let's go out for a test drive in, in Grandpa's Corvette. So he's been there. How many times? We don't know. But how many times did he go into the garage and not take the Corvette out? How many times was it, according to one report... That he filed, not a report, um, a, an investigative, that's not even it, what's it called? It's kind of like a background check sheet because he wanted to move into a really posh location, I guess, a background check sheet. And he said he was living there. He said how much he was paying in rent. But his listed address, so he either lied, was his dad's house, or... He was telling the truth, and he actually lived there. So you're telling me you live there, and you never go into the garage? Well, didn't he lie on a firearms application? He did, because he said that he didn't have a drug problem. And no no offense to anyone who has a drug problem. There is... He tried to get help. He's tried to get help. If you are or trying to get help, good for you. There is help out there. But he lied on a federal form He was a habitual drug user. He smoked crack. He's on video smoking crack. He lied on his federal firearms form. So it's not, you know, beyond him to lie. Right. Which federal form? Do you need to lie on multiple forms or just one to be a lawbreaker? Just one. Just one. So just just like the classified documents, just one. Only takes just one. Hunter is a habitual drug addict and liar and these investigators in dc know what they know because they've been following the money trail they know there's been hundreds of suspect transactions it's like me going to ukraine and saying yes i know a lot about oil and gas i i buy gas for my car and i buy diesel for my truck all the time well thank you sir we're going to give you a job and pay you a million dollars a month or a year or every six months a stipend just to gain access to your dad who happens to be. Which is what it was. It was to gain yes. access. If they want to pull a, a page out of the playbook of Hillary Clinton, what they'll do is they'll grant immunity to every single person involved in hand, the handling of the classified information. And then when push comes to shove, they can say, oh, well, yes, these so many people mishandled classified information or had classified documents, but everybody has immunity, so no one's getting prosecuted. That happened in Hillary Clinton's case. And another thing they did is apparently Hillary Clinton was able to dictate dictate the terms of her being investigated and her being interviewed and what questions they were allowed to ask 
to a certain extent. So they could also go that route and say, this is what you're allowed to do. This is what we're going to give you. Grant immunity to everyone. And there's no one to prosecute. Well, that's because all these guys knew the history of the Clintons. They know what happens when you go against the Clintons. So they figured they didn't want to be one of the 54 or 64 folks. But there was a former prosecutor on the news today who basically said that what all three of them have done is against the law. And what Hillary has done is worse than the other two combined. And they need to look into all three. And they need to figure out, like I say all the time, what we can do to stop this. Because this is a horse that keeps getting beaten every couple of years. Just like now with the fuel prices and the grocery prices and rent and everything. It's... It's these people that are in D.C. making the decisions that are causing all of this. 100%. What do we say all the time? They're the ones that create the problem. And they say they are the solution. Yes. Every election cycle, every minute. Uh, I would hate to go to Washington, D.C. to go on a tour of all of our national treasures and breathe the oxygen or breathe the air back there. Because there's something in that air. Because all these people back there are corrupt. Yeah, I guess as soon as you start breathing the air, you're going to go down. You're going to become one of them. You're going to be one of them. Okay, so to touch on something that you just mentioned as far as grocery prices, eggs. Eggs right now, they were my go-to <laughs> cheap protein source, and now they are very expensive. Very expensive. You will easily find them for 5 6 and $7 a dozen. They have gone up so much in such a short period of time. But a reminder to those who may live near a border, don't think you can go to Mexico and buy some eggs for cheap and bring them over because you are going to have an agricultural violation on your record for immigration purposes. And the CBP has been sending out notifications to remind people that you cannot bring eggs over from Mexico. You can't even bring some fruits from state to state. Yeah, raw eggs, raw poultry. Well, I guess they've had avian bird flu down there as well, too, and that's one of the things that has driven the prices up so high as they had to put down over, I believe, a million birds. Yes, so your egg prices are going up, but according to... Um, some government officials who happen to lean left, it's the fault of price gouging um, egg farmers. Really? So if you have a million egg layers that are laying one to three eggs a day, do the math, and then you only have 200,000 egg layers doing one to three a day, whose fault is it? Price gougers. You know those farmers are price gougers. They always are. They're always the ones that get the blame. And when you put down ridiculous policies and restrictions on certain things, and that causes prices to go up as well, so you compound it all, they create the problem, and then they say they're the solution. Absolutely. Where you want to go? Well, I thought I wanted to stay in California. Good old California. Good old California. I was down in SoCal this weekend, and I had to go into 
a well-known fast food place, so two of the little smaller folks that were with us could use the restroom. And there was still a sign up two years later that basically said, I actually took a screenshot of it so I could read it on this podcast. For safety, help us keep everyone safe. Unvaccinated customers and employees should continue to practice social distancing. Now, I thought with the breakout of Omicron and everybody was getting sick again. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, single boosted, double boosted, triple boosted, quadruple boosted, that we would have gotten over this by now. Over it in the sense that singling out unvaccinated people when we've shown that all are passing it? Or over this in seeing that it doesn't, it hasn't helped? The fact that, yeah, a sign like that does more to divide individuals in a country than it does to help. Because now that empirical data is rushing in, we're finding out that eggs are eggs, chickens are chickens, and unvaccinated or vaccinated can have the same problem. Yes, and something through like the Twitter file releases and things like that, we've actually been learning that um, the government and the makers of the vaccines were actually pushing to silence individuals who spoke out against them regardless of whether they were wrong in in many cases they weren't wrong and in fact their arguments were scientifically sound but the the government officials and the vaccine makers were saying that it would stop people from essentially doing what they wanted them to do and so it wasn't about being scientifically sound it was about you thinking for yourself and having your own opinion and they didn't want other people to be at risk of thinking for themselves and having their own opinion and not doing what the government and vaccine officials demanded. Right, and it bothers me that, and it makes me kind of nervous for my grandkids growing up, that we have government officials like Dr. Fauci, who is supposed to be literally one of the smartest guys in the room, and he gets paid and was paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to make the correct decisions. And it appears that he only made partial correct decisions that would benefit him and others in his close little network. Yes. And, yes, and I say that because you're talking about the doctors that had a contrary opinion, that looked at things and said, you know, Doc, I think this was generated out of a lab, and I know we've talked about and we've hashed this over and over and over, but more stuff has been coming out here recently. And that they talked about it through emails, through Twitter and through other emails, and we found that there may have been sound science and them original doctors saying this thing was lab-generated. And these guys were doing this for cash flow. Their own gain. So not just their own gain, but... An ego boost, too, because 
Fauci was supposed to be the smartest guy in the room. He was supposed to have the answers. He actually got paid extra to stop the next pandemic, which he didn't do. He actually helped to create and cause the next pandemic because he helped and he held the purse strings of who was funded for what research. So make no mistake, he decided to do gain-of-function research. And that decision appears to have led to the COVID-19 pandemic. Right, and maybe his thought process or their thought processes is correct in their mind. Which could be, let's study this, let's learn this, let's make this, and so that way we can stop it in the future. But unfortunately, it turned into a pandemic. And then the next problem is he stopped anyone from looking at him and the others that he helped to fund. He silenced anyone who had anything to say that was not towing his line. By threatening to cut off their federal and their NIH funding, yes. he was able to shut down over 50% because of the contrary opinion. That's who funds the vast majority of our science research. It went to three figureheads, Fauci being one of them, but the other two, the, all three of them worked together. So if you crossed one, you crossed all three. And if you did that, no funding for you. Right. And so what it now looks like to me from a simpleton approach, simple guy, is in this lab with this bat lady, whatever her name is, I couldn't pronounce it even if it was in front of me, was probably working in earnest with the funding to try to figure out how to stop these things from progressing in the future, these things being these pandemics. Outbreak, sickness. And yeah. someone from within the Chinese military, a probably a military scientist, went to her and said, hey, what happens if we add this little string onto the end of this DNA here to where it'll attach to a human faster, progress, and just go from blow from person to person to person to person, expo exponentially exponentially yes sir yeah so just a simple thought from a simple guy i do not know because i was not there mine is not to ask why why ask why but mine is to do or die yeah and who was the person over dr fauci that was supposed to make sure that he was acting in accordance with all the rules laws and regulations well, it's supposed to be Congress. I don't believe there was a person above him. Well, I I should say more of like an oversight right. person. Not necessarily like his boss, but the oversight person was his wife. Oh, it's, she's in charge of that. She was yeah, to, right. to create oversight into his position and yeah. his giving money to the programs. But when the 20s turn into hundreds, which turns into thousands and ten thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions, just like congressmen and senators, their mind tends to get a little polluted, so they start looking the other way, or they start thinking outside the box to help benefit themselves and lock themselves down and set themselves up for a wonderful retirement. Do you know who else in Congress has set themselves up? 
for a wonderful retirement that tries to act independent, but he's really a Democrat. Gosh, tries to act independent, but he's a Democrat. Lindsey Graham? Joe Manchin. Oh, well, okay, yeah. He tries to act independent, but he's he's really a Democrat. And he's been a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee. Um, Joe Manchin has ensured funding for at least three of his wife's jobs slash ventures slash organizations. Also, that thing that I have to learn about annually at work, quid pro Joe. Another quid pro Joe. This time Joe Man's Manchin from West Virginia. Yeah. They all do it. And it is not okay. Oh, no, it's not. And it's a good old boys network back there. And I would imagine it's the good old boys network at our state capitol and every state capitol across the country. There may be some legitimate ones. Uh, what's her name from South Dakota? Christy, Christy Nome. She seems like a straight shooter from what from what you can see. So there was a claim that she used her position to sway somebody who was... I think giving a real estate license exam or some sort of an exam that her daughter was taking. Um, but that that did not lead to any charges. And I'm sure there are many claims that one side or the other used their political capital or their political sway. So I, d- I just want to mention that because that's something that she has been accused of doing. Right, and I did see her and I heard her rebut that. Yes. Uh, quite a few months ago. And yes. She convinced me. But as far as, um, you know, getting the money, going on organizations for your family, and that would lead to money in your pocketbook, that doesn't seem to be her MO. Well, I guess out of some of this funding that was just passed or coming up, uh, Miss Pelosi has uh, grabbed a hold of a lot of money for her constituents. To the tune of two to four hundred million, and for such a small area, but they get the Pelosi's get special treatment, and I understand that it was not special treatment when Paul Pelosi was attacked, and his attacker is on trial and going through the court process. But something that has happened as far as his case is they have hidden. All of the information surrounding what happened with this, um, all of the uh, video evidence of the police um, video cameras and just different points, they have hidden the information so the public is not allowed to know. And something that's happened here in the Central Valley is if there is an officer involvement in a case. And there is video evidence because they were wearing a camera. That information is usually reviewed by the police. They make sure that there is nothing that they cannot release. For instance, if it's a, um, uh, let's just say a domestic violence case, they're not going to release the victim. Or if somebody is in a state of undress, they usually blur blur that out. They don't right. release. Right. And so... The public has asked through many news media organizations, but the public has asked for the information surrounding the police involvement at Pelosi's house. 
And that information has remained hidden. So now there are actually news organizations who are filing FOIA requests because they have kept the information hidden. So if you were Joe Schmo and you were attacked in your home and somebody said, hey, I want to see the body camera footage, in all likelihood, they already would have released it. Are we not a representative republic? We're supposed to be. Supposed to be. So here's one for you. Are we not, not supposed to do this kind of stuff? Shouldn't it all be out there for the public to see? It should be. At the local, state, and federal level. That's one thing that, that the United States is supposed to be known for is that we put our information out there so that way everybody is equal. Well, we sure seem to be driving towards socialism or a socialistic ways and we're steadily, I didn't believe it at first when I used to listen to certain news outlets that we were losing our freedom, we're losing Christmas, losing this, losing that. But it sure tends to look that way now, that we're losing a lot of freedoms. It does appear to, that we are losing a lot of freedoms. And in fact, um, the World Economic Forum, so we just have all of our high makamakas from all of our different you know, countries going and talking about how they're going to make the world great. I don't uh, I don't know what description you would want to give. Oh, you mean to... like the knucklehead that used to own Microsoft that's going to try to choke down cows so they can't burp? Yes. A- among many other things. So, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum posted, "Welcome to 2030. I own nothing." have no privacy, and life has never been better. That's the World Economic Forum, their actual Yeah, he's the founder. Group. He's a nut job. And they put that out there as the new way forward, and they want everybody to, to accept that mindset and go, but people weren't accepting that mindset, so they deleted it, and they're trying to act like they never said it. But then they're still pushing us down um, down that canal, down that, you know, that, that way of thinking. But do you think all of those people who met, who are talking about the betterment of the world and how we need to be, do you think they're going to do that? They own nothing? No. They're the ones that don't want me to put fuel in my diesel pickup weekly so I can take my family on family outings and we can have an awesome time and build memories while they fly around the world spewing their garbage in corporate jets that literally burn hundreds of thousands of gallons of jet fuel a year, while they want me to eat beetles and bugs, they're eating steaks from the cows that Microsoft doesn't want to burp or fart. Right, they want you to put a mask on your cow. Whatever they're doing... Are saying they're doing 180 off the exact opposite. These guys just want our money. They want control. And they're a small group of frauds. Speaking of fraud, I'm not sure that this is necessarily fraud, but have you heard about what's going, has been going on with Bank of America? No. People are not getting their deposits. Why not? They're just disappearing from their accounts. And when they go in person to the Bank of America 
branch, they're told to call customer service. And when they attempt to call customer service, they get through to no one. Or they tell them to go in branch. Well, welcome to 2023. Where you own where nothing. Where you own nothing and life is great. Yes, better many, than it's ever been. Many people have been complaining that their deposits have either disappeared or have not been credited. And Bank of America, is it a glitch? Is it an accident? It's a pretty big glitch to That's not have your money. It's a large glitch. So something that we did talk about as far as Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in past podcasts is money laundering. And while we didn't specific, I don't know if we specifically said money laundering, but they are taking money in from all of these countries. We have mentioned that um, it appeared that Hunter Biden was claiming that he paid rent to the tune of how much money he was getting to funnel to his dad, whether or not he actually did. It just appears that way. So we'll leave it to you to make the rest of the inferences. But something that ha- happened for a period of five years is the Trump-Russia collusion. And so a couple things I want to mention on that is that Trump was denied sanctions against those who partook in the Trump-Russia collusion scandal, and in fact he was fined by a judge a million dollars because the judge said that it was unfounded to accuse others of trumping up the Trump-Russia collusion. So that was one thing. That was good. Trumped up charges. Yes. Second thing is the FBI's ex-counterintelligent head was just arrested for money laundering and violating Russia's sanctions. So what I just said a minute ago holds true. What they accuse you of doing. They are doing the very thing. Yes, and I was thinking when you were talking about Hunter Biden and money laundering, so what detergent do they use when they launder money? It's the Delaware Beach House. Yeah, about that. <laughs> but he he was a part of the Russia investigation, and he then turned and was able to take money to help launder that money and get gains for himself. Told you it was the ain't air it, back there in D.C. Grand. Ain't it grand? So we just had a mass shooting here in California during the New Year's celebration. Uh, It was first reported that a person went and shot up a dance hall and then potentially went to attack another place. And ultimately, he apparently committed suicide in his van. But this was the, it's being called the Monterey Park mass shooting. And a few things that have, that came out of it was that as soon as it happened, as soon as that it was reported that, unfortunately, at the time, 10 people have lost their lives, and now more than 11, another person has died. But trending right after that happened was Stop Asian Hate. And the number of people, including Adam Schiff, 10 dead in Monterey Park, I am sickened, a horrific example of needless gun violence with bigotry towards AAPI individuals, 
Asian American Pacific Islander right. uh, individuals as a possible motive. The families are in my prayers as we seek information from law enforcement. We'll never quit demanding real action on gun safety. Chuck Schumer. I'm heartbroken by the news of the shooting in Monterey Park amid Lunar New Year celebrations. I'm praying for the victims and their families, the first responders. We must stand up to bigotry and hate wherever they rear their ugly heads. We must keep working to stop gun violence. And another individual, uh, Francesca Hong. Heart is beyond heavy for the victims and their loved ones. Lunar New Year is a time of togetherness, celebration, and love. The tragedy is beyond hate. We are broken as a nation to have mass shootings and white supremacy reign terror. Our community is shattered. This is a terrible crime. Off the get-go. This is a terrible crime. Waiting a beat. So far we have found out. It was an Asian American, presumably American. He was Asian, and I am presuming, this is my presumption, that he was also a citizen of the United States. An Asian American individual perpetrated this crime. You think they were quick to jump to conclusions? They were very much too quick to jump to conclusions. The immediately, the immediate conclusion was that it must have been a Caucasian person who perpetrated this crime. They automatically assumed a non-Asian because of bigotry. And then the individual who said white supremacy presumed that it was a Caucasian person. So the immediate reaction is that it was caused by a white person, a Caucasian person. So then we find out I don't want to say the name of the individual, so I'm just going to say the Asian-American individual because, again, I'm presuming that he was a United States citizen, which could be wrong. But the individual who did it is Asian. Apparently targeted the dance hall because that's where he liked to go. He went to this dance hall with a lot of frequency, and, in fact, that's where he met his ex-wife was at this dance hall. So then the inanimate object, which he used to slaughter those poor folks, was an innocent victim in this as well. It was a potential mental health problem, again, with the guy behind the gun. And I'm not saying that to be sarcastic. I'm saying it that that always seems to be the case that right away these people want these people being Schumer and all the others Adam jump Schiff, in line. Yep. They want to control the narrative. They want to say it's the guns. They want to say that it's white folks that owns guns because it's a majority of maybe it's a majority of whites that do own guns. I don't know. I don't know what the proportional percentages are of who owns a pistol in America, whether they're, you know, 40% black, 10% white, 90% other. Uh, who owns ARs? 99% white, 1% other. I don't know those numbers, nor do they, unless they look at the gun purchases and the stats, and they do have a clue as to who buys them. But I believe that there's probably more black-on-black crime still in Illinois and Chicago every weekend that just overshadows this. And why they're not running to the aid of those folks in Chicago is beyond me. 
because the vast majority of crime in general is committed, the perpetrator and the victim are of the same race. Is that every crime? No. But the vast majority of crime, people target people of their race. They tend to have a almost like an automatic buy-in because you have something in common, um, which if you don't know anything else about the other person, but you can see that you're of the same race, now you have something in common that you can you can see. So when people commit crimes, for instance, one of the things I saw as far as immigration crimes, usually it was somebody within the community that was targeting people of their community to um, perpetrate fraudulent immigration um, acts, which, so what I'm trying to say is like, if you want to scam somebody, you would scam somebody within your own community because you had buy-in, because you were already from that community. And, and you, you have their traits, and you know their traits, so it's a lot easier for you to do what you're to going scam to them. do, to scam them. So most crime is committed by people who have that community already existing, whether it's of the same race, of the same local area. Most people who commit crimes, like if they're going to do a bur- burglary, they tend to know the area that they're committing the crime in because it's their community. And when you have a Wild West free-for-all, like one group or the other over the other has allowed to happen over the last couple of years with all these riots and all the burning of buildings and all that and all the lawlessness, that gives somebody, it incentivizes people to go out and, and copy others or go out and commit a crime thinking that they're not going to get in as much trouble. Right, because we have seen it. We even raised how much money you can steal by product or by cash and still not get into deep level trouble. So in California, it was, I believe, $450 and you could steal before it would be raised to a felony. Then we decided, oh, that's not fair. Somehow we need to raise it to $950 so you could steal more and get basically keep a misdemeanor. But then... Places started deciding that they weren't even, it wasn't worth it because the police were going to let them go anyway. Maybe just ticket them and then let them go. So then they were going to be able to commit their acts of theft again and again. So why even turn in someone? Why even try to stop them? Instead, as we've seen in San Francisco, CVS and the like just started closing down. Starbucks started closing down. You can only have your employees under so much threat before you decide that you're not making any money, this is not worth it, it's not worth the cost-benefit of our employees getting hurt. And so people keep, okay, I see that. Now I know I should be able to commit those crimes and not get arrested or only get ticketed or be let out or be let go. Kind of like exactly what's going on right now in Atlanta. Yes. You have... A person who shot at police officers and what did they do return fire and they killed the person and so what was the response how dare you kill somebody shooting at you so they started catching stuff on fire again. a night of rage yes a night of rage in atlanta 
And then I actually heard a newscaster make the comment that people need to quit calling it violence. Just because you burn somebody's car down to the ground or you pelt their building with rocks and bricks and destroy a brick-and-mortar business, if you're not hitting an individual and you're not hurting a human, then it's not violence. Except we've also learned from the very same people that silence is violence, but physical actions are not violence. What kind of crazy upside-down world are they living in when silence is violence, but physical actions, you just need to be good with your stuff being destroyed and get over it. You need to be good. Oh, oh, look, you need to be good with not owning anything. You need to be good with not having anything. Oh, that, that kind of sounds like the whole international thing from the World Economic Group, where you need to be good with nothing is yours. Get over it. You'll be happy. Okay, maybe that's a stretch, but... No, point taken. But I did listen to another newscaster that's from Georgia, and he made the comment, boys, you need to pack your stuff and go home because we do have a right to carry here in Georgia, and we will defend our properties if you guys get outside of the little ring you're in right now. And this is a former Marine, retired Marine, bomb expert that was making that statement yeah there was a georgia representative that her child actually got arrested for tagging a building and then assaulting a police officer and she had previously said about this child that she was so overwhelmed by climate change that she could barely function but apparently she can function enough to assault a police officer weird very weird kind of like our border towns in yuma arizona coming out and telling the federal government today that if you don't fix this border crisis our entire city is going to crumble we're done we're done as a city I don't know. I think they want that. And that would be a city I've been to many a times because I used to live right down the street from Yuma, Arizona. Sometimes I wonder if they want it. Oh, this is all This is all planned. This is all... I, I'm i not a conspiracy guy. I am. Until it happens. Girl. Until it happens. But there's something afoot here. You don't open one-fourth of your borders. Okay, we have four, right? Yes. Top, bottom, left, right? Yes. And allow hundreds of thousands of unvetted people in unless you had a plan. I don't know what the plan is. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I do know what the plan is. But it's very un-American. So let's keep in mind that Biden, and it is his, Biden's open border policy leads to death. And what death does it lead to? Well, here in the Central Valley, we had a cartel-style execution of a teenage mother, her baby, and other relatives. And it was the Tulare County Sheriff who came out and said that the soft on crime, the open borders, we are now seeing death because of it. Six dead. The fruits of their labor. Yes, the fruits of their labor. See, what's that? multi-millionaire's name that's now letting his son take control of their little corporation? George Soros. 
This is the fruits of his labor with all these DAs and deputy DAs across the country and all these soft-on-crime sheriffs that have been elected and police chiefs. It's all coming home to roost. Yes, because George Soros was the number one donor to Democrat DAs and leftists. And not just DAs, but to Democrats across the country. So not only do we see it in executions that have happened here in the Central Valley, but something that has come up as far as Seattle, King County, which is in Seattle, which covers the Seattle area. The medical examiner has come out and said they are running out of space for dead bodies. Now, this isn't an everybody's dropping dead of COVID problem. This is a fentanyl problem. Fentanyl coming up from south of the border problem. And it is coming up from south of the border. Make no mistake, cheap fentanyl is made in China and it is sent across our ocean and it comes up through Mexico. It's not just China that makes it, but it is one of the countries that makes it. So we have an open border that is allowing us to get to the point where we don't have space for all of the dead people. And I've always said, once things like this start to affect the very people that create the laws, then the laws will start to change. But guess what? At the present time, they're protected by what? Armed guards and fences. Right. Something that we're not allowed to have. They don't want us, they don't want the United States, they don't want us to have fences. They don't want us to have armed guards. Well, what, can you afford it? Can you afford 24-7 protection? Chances are you cannot. Nope, not for long. And so if you can't afford the protection, you are your own protection, but they want to take away your ability to protect yourself. And then they want to keep taking away. Which, going back to that poor store clerk that shot that guy in self-defense and ended up being arrested and taken, I believe it was Rikers Island, um, they already are at that point in New York because you can't defend yourself. Their policy is run. Run the other way. And in the case in New York, when the guy couldn't run because he was trapped, he still got arrested. He was from Jamaica, by the way. Still got arrested. After he was trapped, after he couldn't get away, after he, he tried the New York policy of get away, and it didn't work, and then he defended himself and himself, and they arrested him. And only the outcry of what the heck's going on here did he get released. And I do believe that even though you had some concealed carry laws overturned by the Supreme Court there in New York, They did, but they have now created new ones. Which has just taken effect this week. Yes, and and so they tried to bypass all of the middle courts and go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court denied. So they won't hear the case. But So there was a victim of a brutal anti-Semitic beatdown, and the Manhattan DA cut a deal with the attacker. So a, a Jewish man was beaten in New York City and the Manhattan DA offered the ringleader of the anti-Semitic attack six months, a six-month plea deal. And so while he was out and tensions were flaring up because of the Israel 
Palestine um, conflict, a group of men surrounded this particular individual, and Wasim Awade was seen on surveillance video using a metal crutch to beat the victim. He was punched, he was kicked, he was knocked to the ground, he was doused with pepper spray, and Awade even said that he was a dirty Jew, F Israel, and Hamas is going to kill you during the attack. And he said he would do it again. He said that in jail. So he talked to his jailers, apparently boasting or whatever, but he said he would do it again. He was offered a six-month plea deal. So even when, one, no gun is involved, Two, the person could not defend themselves against a group of people attacking them. You're still going to get to get what amounts to a misdemeanor because less than a year is essentially a misdemeanor. And they should have turned that into a federal hate crimes law or punishment. And instead, you get a good deal and you get six months. But let something happen to that DA and see how quick that changes. And that's something to consider, too, is, is there remorse? No. Is there rehabilitation? Answer still seems to be no. But you will get minimal time for a violent attack. But you defend yourself against a violent attack, and you will be charged. So a follow-up to a topic we had... uh, In the last couple of weeks, Jeremy Renner, who Dirt Sailor Mark has no idea who he is because doesn't watch the good movies. No, (laughs) Um, Jeremy Renner has has revealed that he broke more than 30 bones in that snowplow accident. Oh, when he got run over by his own plow, unfortunately. So it turns out that he went to dig out a vehicle and when he got out, the snowplow started moving. He tried to get back into it and he was run over. So he had 30 broken bones and is currently receiving physical therapy in an effort to recover. So he appreciates all of their messages and thoughtfulness from from people who, you know, are pushing for his recovery and his mending. But he received some blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries when he was run over by his unmanned snowcat. That's. Glad he's doing okay, and I do wish him a speedy recovery. That's unfortunate, and I don't even know who the guy is, but I do wish him a speedy recovery. So how much more money are we going to send to Ukraine? Apparently now we're strong-arming Germany or other countries in the in the European theater there to send them tanks. Wow. High-quality, top-of-the-line tanks. So I guess we are at war with Russia by yeah. proxy. Okay, so this reminds me of, because I I read about it later as I was not alive during World War II, about where we send, okay, maybe I was alive during World World War II. According to one of your nephews, I was alive during the Civil War. It's okay. My kids think the same thing, like, hey, Mom, back when you and dinosaurs were young, (laughs) did you run a dinosaur to school? T-Rex. Yes. We were friends. Um. So when I look at some of the historical documents and reading 
the history of World War II, I understand that there is a lot that went into World War II. But looking at the United States rationing certain materials and then sending certain materials or providing certain things to help push war efforts to the people we wanted to win. We were involved in World War II before we were really involved in World War II. We weren't actively sending people. And then conspiracy theory is that we allowed Pearl Harbor to get attacked with all of our old ships because um, we would sacrifice those ships. It would draw us into the war. People would say, oh, hey, we got attacked, so now we're, we're willing to go to war. All of our new ships, which were supposed to be there at the time, magically were out of port and didn't get attacked. Whether or not that's been proven depends on your definition of proven. But we are now, we are funding this war. We are involved in this war. And now we are strong arming other countries to get involved in this war. So my question is, should we be involved as a party to this war and two how many times have we promised other countries that we would be there for them including ukraine they have pigs yeah but we we have promised ukraine if they disarmed nuclear weapons we would be there always for them including during clinton it was pushed during obama's time so arguably now we should be side by side in this war effort I'm I'm not saying I like it. I'm not saying I agree. But if you continually tell a country will be there for you and then push comes to shove and you're not, do you think all of the other countries that you said you would be there for are now going to view you differently? Yes, they're not going to trust you. And we need to have a clear defined objective here in Ukraine. And it appears that the only objective is to destroy the building that was housing all the classified documents from the Biden VP and Senate run. That way, nobody would know that they were getting money. Money was being... Uh, money was exchanging hands. Yep. That's why conspiracy, I believe, the very first building that was hit in Ukraine was hit by us, and it houses information on Hunter Biden. And I'm just kidding about the whole thing. I have no clue, but I do know there's a lot of folks dying over there. Is it a just cause? They don't want the Russians in their country. They don't want them still in their country. But there was a time just a few short years ago when all of D.C. knew that Ukraine was the most corrupt country in that And now we're BFFs, and you are a terrible human being if you don't support the Ukrainian war effort. Right, according to a couple of people that, deemed the former congresswoman from Hawaii a Russian operative and a traitor was because she made that exact comment right there is what's the end goal here? We really shouldn't be doing this. And she laid out her case, you know, one through 20. And I believe it was a Republican senator. I don't believe, I know it was a Republican senator from Utah by the name of Mitt Romney. Traitor Romney. Yes, who accused her of being a traitor and a Russian operative. Yes. And she threatened to sue him, so I don't know if he ever retracted and sent her an apology letter, but it'd be pretty smart for him to do so. 
Yeah, but how many times do they say whatever they want to say and they don't really get... The damage is already done. It's already out there. So we have had six U.S. citizens die in Ukraine. So a former member of the U.S. Special Forces was the most recent um, individual who was killed in Ukraine, according to American officials. And they did not say exactly what he was doing, but Daniel W. Swift, who is a former member of the Navy SEALs, was listed in official records of having deserted in March of 2019. 2019, yep. And then he went to the Ukraine, and apparently he is um, he was killed there in the Ukraine. He so. suffered a traumatic brain injury due to a rocket attack by the Russians, according to a former army ranger that was there with him on scene. And so maybe he went back for a little bit of revenge? Unclear. But he was uh, apparently killed last Wednesday. And he's the sixth noted um, death. Yes, and there's also been three active duty Marines charged in the uh, January 6th Capitol riot. Yes, yeah, so switching over to the January 6th Capitol riot, they did charge six Marines, and they actually just found um, several individuals guilty of seditious conspiracy. Which hasn't well. been used, I believe, since the Civil War. I take that back because they use that against terrorists in the 80s and 90s when they were prosecuting them. So something that is interesting to me as far as the seditious conspiracy, we have had an individual who came out and said that he turned over evidence to the government that January 6th was being planned. He said that when he was, he was an Intel official, but when he was going through different sources, um, he found some information that said that January 6th was going to happen. And he turned over that information to the federal government to do further investigation, but it appears that they just allowed January 6th to happen. So if true, would that be a conspiracy with the government, or would that be kind of like the the Pearl Harbor thing I was talking about earlier, where the government knew that Japan planned to attack Pearl Harbor and they allowed it to happen so they could further a cause. Yes, they were willing to sacrifice a handful of individuals for the, what they call their just cause or better gain, which is to prevent Trump from ever being able to run for public office again or prosecute him. Because I've listened to his speech again, and I personally... I'm just a simple guy. Did not hear anything within his speech that told people to go do what they did at the Capitol. To be clear, what happened at the Capitol started before Trump was even through his he speech. Wasn't done with his speech. Correct. It had already started, so that's one. Two. Apparently, if planned as claimed, and they had people who were. Um, flipped to the FBI, so they have the, I think it was the second in command of, not the Proud Boys, what's the other one? 
Oh, it's escaping me right now. But the second in command had flipped on his leader. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Oath Keepers. Thank you. The Oath Keepers. And you had other individuals who were FBI assets who were turning in information, reporting on their fellow Oath Keepers and other individuals. So if true, they already knew that it was going to happen. There is actual video of an individual, Ray Epps, saying the day before, let's go into the Capitol. And it's so many different things that he said at different points from the 5th to the 6th about going into the Capitol and overturning these election results and standing up and et cetera, et cetera. And yet he was never charged. Well, it's interesting that the year of 2020-2021 was the most violent across the U.S. and the most expensive in our history as far as riots, property damage, and deaths. Okay, There was only a 1,000 people involved, or a 1,000 have been charged for the riot, and 500 of them have pled guilty to riot-related charges. Now, I do believe I just saw in the news recently that almost all of the rioters in 2020-2021 that were arrested, didn't they have were to let plead. Go. They were let go and all charges were, were dropped. So it's okay if you write in the ways that we have deemed acceptable at the time. This one has not been deemed acceptable. So to me, either everything's acceptable or none of it's acceptable. When is it acceptable to firebomb a building? Oh, wait, that didn't happen at the Capitol. That happened in Portland. That happened in other locations across the country. When is it okay that somebody comes up to the police officers and says, you have to stop this. Why aren't you calling for backup? This is our capital. This is not okay. And the police officers in riot gear, I understand there's only so much that you can do. They're not radioing for backup. And there's no public indication that there were people there who said, hey, Half these guys are good. They're actually saying you need to stop this. And half these guys are bad. They smashed windows. They assaulted police officers. They did this. They did that. Whatever. No. It's everyone there is bad. And they all need to lose their livelihoods. Go down. Spend time in prison. Etc. Etc. Were there people that assaulted the police officers? Absolutely. But were there people that were standing there? that said, hey, you need to stop this? Also, yes. Were there people that when doors were open and the police officers were inviting them in and saying, hey, treat this with respect, and they did treat the place with respect, why are they getting prosecuted? You got invited into a place and then told you should have known that you weren't allowed to be here. I would imagine because it's a District of Columbia and all of our leadership, at the federal level is there pretty much all at one time that we have thousands upon thousands of U.S. military troops there. They could squish anything at any time within minutes. They could have flown one Cobra helicopter over there or whatever the current state-of-the-art helicopter is and stopped it in 30 seconds. So a thousand people unarmed are going to do no damage other than breaking windows, breaking artifacts, and maybe tripping and falling and breaking a bone. 
Or getting shot by a Capitol Police officer while unarmed. Yes. That too. But according to a 21-year-old intelligence analyst, he claims, or they claim, I don't, I'm not sure if it's a he, that they went online to search for local Washington, D.C. fishing holes and somehow stumbled upon the blueprint of the plot to storm the Capitol. That's the claim. And the claim is the analysts witnessed upwards of 500 pages of potential threats of national security. So he turned that over. He said, look at this information. And so then he, uh, they watched the January 6, 2021 events transpire, and they were shocked and horrified because they had already turned over the intelligence to this plot. Therefore... The military and officers in D.C. could have went to all the hotels where these guys were staying and arrested all the leadership all at one time, and it would have been a a non-story. Ooh, the golden handcuffs. So your money, I've always said your money is really not your money. I would have to agree with that. Your house is not your house. Yes. Because you pay it off, but then you pay property taxes every year. Skip your taxes. See what happens. Don't pay your federal taxes. See what happens. You'll lose everything you think you have. So now California Democrats are considering a wealth tax for people who move out of the state. Yes, they want to tax you for the next 10 years after you move out because you clearly used more than your fair share of California resources. Therefore, you need to pay even after you leave up to 10 years. Well, if you look at things in an equitable form... What I paid for in California state taxes and other fees paid for my footprint in this state. So I have a question. If you were always entitled to a refund, and I don't mean a refund of the taxes that you paid, but you received more than you ever paid in, should California have to pay you for the next 10 years after you leave? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like the way you think. But I like they only want to go out after the people who paid the most because that's money is what they're seeing. They want to they go after people who actually contributed to the taxes. And they, they think that, well, if you're leaving, we need to take, we need to take what you have. Well, that's not fair. And it's on, they're saying it, it, the bill he introduces on people or corporations above a billion dollars. Starting in early January 2024. Yeah, it always starts at the top. Remember yeah, when and it trickles its way down to people that make 20000 a year, 30000 a year. They they go after everyone that has made money through their hard work and effort. Yet people that sit on their lethargic, lazy butts, we want to give them $1,000 a month, 1500 a month, 2000 a month to give them a living wage. Because it's not fair. There must be another reason that they're lazy. Don't get it. Yeah, so we want to take from you, and that's the income tax started out, over a million dollars of income, and then it worked its way down to people who make peanuts. But I would like to jump back to the January 6th topic for just a second. Because it is so legitimate. I'm not saying things didn't happen. But how do you legitimize the atrocities of January 6th? If you're Adam Kinzinger, you sell $50 baseball caps 
and you sell a signed copy of the January 6th report with your signature on it for $100. Don't you think that that helps to legitimize the investigation into January 6th? You sell signed copies oh, absolutely. of the January 6th report? I think they should sell some of the broken glass, too. Wow, we had a billion-dollar surplus last year here in California, and now we're broke. How many billions of dollars are we negative this year? Oh, my goodness. We had a $100 billion surplus last fiscal year, and now we're facing a severe budget deficit. I think we've been lied to. I think that somebody has a bad calculator. I would have to agree. They they calculate when it it benefits them. They calculate the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, I think that people are good con men and women, and they're able to put themselves into positions of power when they don't belong there. They would be better served working at PetSmart or one of those other places selling Alpo and dog kennels than spending people's hard-earned billions. So jumping to what you said, just a few minutes ago in which your money is not your money, your objects are not your objects. It turns out that even China is coming up with the digital one that comes with a, an expiry date is what they're looking at. So that way you have to spend it within a certain period of time. You can only use it when they say you can use it. And uh, if they don't want you to have it anymore, I'm sure that they could also expire that money at the drop of a hat. So if China is already looking at digital currency that expires, can you imagine what our government would do with digital currency? How easily they would seize it? Oh, and they're working it. They're working on it. What did you just say about Bank of America? Oh, look at all these deposits are magically disappearing. <laughs> yep. And if you go to file your taxes this year, you're going to be asked about how much you invested into digital currencies, bitcoins, etc. They want to know, and they're trying to create their own. They also want to stop others. Look at what happened to FTX. This digital currency, it was a big old scam. And I'm not saying that that's a reason to necessarily stop digital currencies because this particular one was a scam but i think the government's only mad that they didn't get to scam the people themselves there is a news report that a lot of these upper echelon oligarchs and these others that start these things and that trade a lot in bitcoin and stuff like that are mysteriously ending up dead yep absolutely absolutely so let's talk about our military We've talked about the water problem that has happened at Red Hill. So apparently 80% of families who filled out the survey about Red Hill have claimed that their health problems that they currently have are because of the fuel spill. 80%. I understand you'll have some people who just say, yes, it's your fault. Can I add something to that real quick before I forget? Do it. If 80% of those folks are claiming that they have medical issues because of fuel in their water then how come people that are claiming myocarditis heart issues and stuff like that after being vaccinated are not allowed to claim that because Fauci has told us that it's all a big lie so there must be some truth to it though because we're looking at a nationwide or worldwide crisis right now of excess deaths youth who are having heart attack issues 
who are having heart issues. And it's not me claiming that. It's the peer-reviewed studies that are starting to pop up all over the world. And there was just a report today that January 2023 to today, there's already been 15,000 potential incidents and deaths above and beyond the normal cycle in England. So another thing, too, with regard to heart issues, the FAA in October of 2022 issued a new rule when they are doing EKGs of pilots that they extend the parameters with heart-related issues and, and what the EKG will say, or else we would see that we wouldn't have enough pilots who would be able to keep their medicals. And the claim is that has nothing to do with COVID, that has nothing to do with the shot, that just happens to be that they learned new information from medical experts on heart-related issues, and it just happened to coincide with the nearly two years after the mandatory shot, year and a half after shots were mandatory. Well, let's just say it's a double whammy that the sheer thing of COVID and what it does to you by itself. So you get COVID, you have long COVID and medical issues. Okay. You can still get myocarditis and, and other health issues just getting COVID. Then you add your vaccinations and your boosters on top of that. So now you have a twofold chance of having those problems. And it's interesting, like I say, that you can't ask that question because that young kid who was thumped in the chest on the football field and had a heart attack or his heart stopped, arrhythmia or whatever it's called. From the Buffalo Bills? Yes. Someone asked either him or his family if he had been recently vaccinated and people just exploded about how it was not a legitimate question and why the heck are you asking that? It's ridiculous to ask that kind of question. Well, it's a legitimate question, especially in the age group of, you know, 20 to 35. This is happening. Let's find out. This is a great case study. This is how science is supposed to work where we ask the questions and then we start to to look into it. But instead, we're told that it's a stupid question and to quit asking it. Because clearly, you don't understand science. It's amazing how not asking questions has become science. Right. And well, they say this is a rare thing. It only happens in one in, say, 10,000 cases. I don't know if that's the exact number. I'm just throwing that number out there. One in 500, one in 5,000. Now, all of a sudden, here the last year or two, now it's happening one in 100, one in 75, one in 200. Well, there's some things that these experts that we pay to go get educated and protect us need to look into it to see if we do, in fact, have a problem that needs to be studied and fixed. We absolutely should, because if we study it and we find out that, you know what, it's not happening at the rate you think it's happening. Maybe they're publicizing it more than they did before. Maybe it was always there, and now we're publicizing it more than we ever did before, and we we look into it, and we do actual scientific inquiry, and we find out that it was just, again, the news media. We were 
publicizing it more than it ever happened before, but it actually happened with great significance before that. Wouldn't that be great to know? It would. And I may have misheard a couple of statements the other day, but I don't believe I did, but I'll go back and listen to the, the YouTube channel again was it's the fact that the government, like say over in London or in England is not coming out and saying, Hey, our numbers of excess deaths are way up. It appears that someone found out or started doing the investigation is because life insurance payouts are through the roof. So they were able to look at kind of extrapolate, extrapolate hey, why how many these? thousands of payouts there are now and why. Well, that's a really interesting uh, way to look through some of the information. Did more people happen to have life insurance? And maybe that's why payouts are up because uh, there was a big push to carry life insurance and then all of a sudden people started buying it. Or was this a fact that we locked people down when we shouldn't have and they couldn't seek the proper medical attention, therefore cause and effect? You've had heart issues that can't be reversed. You've had brain issues that can't be reversed. Health declined. Yes. You weren't exercising. You weren't going out. Places of... Um, Places that you could go out to, whether it was kids going to the playground, all of ours had caution tape wrapped around it and our kids weren't allowed to go outside into the parks. You weren't allowed to go to the gym. Gyms were shut down. They were deemed non-essential and that went on for quite some time. So maybe it's not the COVID shot. Maybe our decisions to shut down the places that would make us healthier Maybe Poor decision-making, and maybe that's Poor why they're not talking so about it. it. It definitely couldn't have been the decisions of the people in charge, because either way, either way it looks bad. So our, the people in charge don't want to take the blame if it was them. And then the scientists who pushed having the, the vaccine, if that turned out to be it, they don't want the blame. So both of those avenues have been shut down. Correct. So let's talk about tipping. I really do not like tipping in the sense that I wish we paid a good wage. And the price is the price. Whatever you want to charge for ordering pizza or having a beer or a hamburger, like the price is the price. And you know what the price is when you go in there, um, plus tax. But so many places we go now, they want a tip. And I'm not talking about just the restaurant. I mean, you order from an app that you want a plain black coffee and they're going to stick it on a counter and you just walk right in and pick it up or you go through the drive-thru and you say, please give me a plain black coffee and then you go up and pick it up. They want a tip. Somebody hands you a muffin. It wasn't prepared. It wasn't Nothing happened to it. They pulled it out of a case and put it on the counter and you picked it up. They want a tip and you order, you know, any number of goods. And then you go to pay through an electronic device. You tap your card, you go to sign and it asks if you want to put a tip. Three levels of a tip. Yes. Yes. So I am personally frustrated with tipping everywhere you go and with everything that you do. And I do want to see the price be the price. No tip. It is very American 
to tip. Many other countries do not have tips. Let's let's look at that. Let's analyze that real quick. Let's go to a pick a restaurant. Uh, like Chili's. Chili's. Twenty servers. Are those twenty servers all equal? Probably not. That's where I don't like the tip. The new process here, the way they started doing it probably, I don't know, maybe the last 20 years, is it used to go to the individual. So if you sat at table two and your server served you and he or she was fantastic, you would tip them based on how you felt your visit was to that restaurant. And they would get the tip. Now they put it into a kitty pretty much. They pull tips. Yes, and it's split equally, and I believe out of 20 employees, there's at least four to five that aren't worth a tip at all. So one thing I did learn from being a supervisor and your team, you would generally have the top 10% who would be, you know, phenomenal. You would have the bottom 10% who would generally be not very good, and then the rest of your group, 80%, would fall in the middle of the road. And they were, they were good. They were meeting standards, but they were not supreme. Now, if you went and you fired the bottom 10% and you attempted to replace them and say, like, you wanted some major go-getters, et cetera, so you, you hired the new 10%, you put them in there, people would naturally start to fall again into the top, the middle, and the bottom. And so you would end up potentially with some of your top performers who went down to the middle of the road. They didn't like the way you handled it and fired people. So they became middle of the road. And then some who were in the middle who maybe fell to the bottom. And so you would always have this group where you would end up with top, middle, and bottom. So that was one thing that I did learn. And I did start to see that like when you would, you would try to lift up an employee and sometimes you lifted them up and then somebody else would kind of fall off, fall off. So you do, you do end up with that, but to your point, if you are tipping for service, you're not tipping the group for their service. You are tipping, tipping an individual, the person yes. who provided you good service. So that is something that I also dislike. If you're pooling the money, it's like no, 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 no. Bob over there didn't give me good service. Jill right here did. So I wanted to go. To and them. that's generally why you tip in cash, and you don't put it on your card. That way you can hand that to them and say, thank you. This is for you. Thank you very much. This is for you, not for the whole team here. I I wish tips would go away. I wish wish they would go away when you order stuff online and then it has to pop up with three different amounts. Would you like to tip? And a lot of companies know that you're not alone, that there's probably hundreds of thousands that feel that way. And they've changed it to donations, to charitable donations. Donations now, yeah. Even yes. though we always do things for good causes. I don't like when I order a coffee or you know a snack or whatever that I have to look first. Hey, would you like to donate a dollar to two dollars or four dollars? Or, well, wait a minute, I'm only ordering an eighty nine cent product. No. Yes. Why? And why are you? And then all the time too. And if you say no, if they verbally ask you, would you like to donate to whatever our cause is? Like no, and you then get you get the all the looks. You get the stink eye. Like really, you don't want to do thirty-seven cents to this guy. It's like I shop here twenty-seven times a week. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, but I'm not gonna come and give money every time. And I don't even know that you actually turn a hundred percent over. Do you know 
every store that you've gone into that has asked you to donate money, do you know if they actually give it to the Most tune of 100%? Most of them don't because you can see the real averages, and there's only one or two nonprofits that actually donate 100% of their money. Most do not. Right. It's uh, 40% or less. And I don't begrudge a nonprofit for for paying somebody to do very well within their nonprofit. I know we've had lots of conversation on how nonprofits should or shouldn't be run and and donations themselves. Do they actually help, say, the the homeless or the drug addicted or, you know, single parents, whatever they're designed to help is another question. I don't begrudge actually paying people a decent wage to help further a cause. So if you need a social media expert and you're running a nonprofit and you are not a social media expert because you want to get, maybe you want to get it out there to the community that you offer free groceries, but you going around handing out a piece of paper that says free groceries at this cross street and this cross street hasn't been working. People haven't been showing up and you haven't been able to get your free groceries out to the community knocking door to door maybe isn't working. So you're like, hey, social media now is the way to go. But the only way to get social media maybe is to pay somebody an hourly wage for a couple hours a week to work. I don't begrudge you for paying someone to do certain tasks for you. But if your nonprofit is spending 90% of that money that you take in and giving out 10% or less, I have a problem. Or as the number you noted, 40%. I have a problem. If you're spending maybe 10% tops on all of the admin stuff that you need to do and getting your name out there, I'm okay with that. 90% needs to go into what you're actually doing, what you claim to be doing. So we're going to start a new company right now. Okay. It's called Save the Homeless Fresno. Okay. Okay. We're going to look at what it takes to run Save the Homeless Fresno. So you're going to take like-thinking individuals and you're going to have all of them split, all be CEOs, and split the responsibilities 10%. So you can still have your own full-time job, make your own money. You only donate 10% of your time. The next CEO does 10, 10, 10, 10, until you cover 100%. Therefore, the top end of it, you're having to draw no money out of Save Fresno. Save the homeless in Fresno. Because you have 10 volunteers for that position is that plausible i think it's only plausible to a degree because there's going to be certain things that maybe the 10 of you aren't subject matter experts at even if you try to get 10 people on board that do it or someone along the way is going to feel like there's unequal distribution of the volunteering that's going to happen as well because my version of volunteering 10 percent of my time might look different than your, you know, version of volunteering 10%. Or if I think my job is harder, I physically have to pound the pavement to go talk to people for my 10% of the time. And I'm doing it in the rain. I'm doing it in the snow. I'm doing it with, you know, 110 degree outside. And you are the subject matter expert in computers. So you're sitting in an air conditioned or heated location to do your 10% are we going to start to see each other as maybe a little bit unequal we'll see no and I was only talking about the CEO level not not the grunts down the line oh the CEOs who usually make like a hundred million dollars or whatever it is who usually are are the ones that work for the nonprofits that 
or the organizations that are working with homeless and other groups that tend to be the biggest money draw. Yeah, I can see that too. I don't know if something like that would work, but if you can get 10 people to donate 10% of their time doing the same job, uh, then you take that money and 100% of that goes back into. Because I don't think you can have one person that has the physicality and the mental acuity to run a big corporation as a volunteer and give it the true 100%. Okay, so if they, so that's why I don't necessarily begrudge somebody for making money. So if they can really do what they can say they can do, it, let's say it's like the Elon Musk of the nonprofit or of the I'm business. I'm all in. I'm all in. So if they can really do what they say they do, are they not worth the money to, instead of them working a corporate job or a company that they do this thing? Should as they have to As long as it's be, not affecting their mission statement and they're actually yes. able to help a good percentage of so let's just say it's what not, their target It's not is. affecting their mission statement. They 100% do what they say they do, but they make a million dollars a year. One person pay them if they're bringing in a hundred million and that person's only taking a million, but it's a great organization. Absolutely. But when you have one that's doing, uh, you know, a hundred million dollars and they're spending 99% of it and only doling out 1%, then that's they're, a problem. they're fake. It's a problem. Absolutely. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.